Hi, welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I present mental health-related information to you in hopes that you'll gain insight into some of your own behavior and also learn some new skills that I teach as part of this podcast. So thanks for tuning in today. I'd like to talk about relapse prevention And it's a topic that I've discussed in some of my previous episodes of the podcast when I discuss things like making amends and also emotional sobriety and Today, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some other things that you can put in place once you have the drugs out of your system, so you're early in recovery. Let's say that you went to a detox facility, which is where you detox from drugs and alcohol under the supervision of medical staff because certain substances, especially like uh, benzodiazepines, alcohol can be very dangerous to withdraw from without medical management and supervision. Um, It's life, it can be life-threatening, can cause seizures and even death if you're not careful. So I would really recommend that if you're interested in stopping drinking or stopping using other substances that you go to detox for a few days that usually lasts for I would say you know sometimes a couple days sometimes four to six or seven days it depends on the substance and the facility that you're in but following that some people go to treatment which by that I mean residential treatment center where they go and live somewhere usually for 28 days where they get uh, individual psychotherapy, they get group therapy, they go to 12-step meetings a lot of times. Uh, But it's a safe environment so because they're very controlled environments to make sure people don't sneak in drugs and alcohol so it can help really increase the likelihood that you can stay clean and sober when you go to treatment and you don't have access to what you would normally be using so that's treatment there's also things like uh, wilderness um, residential programs where people go out into the wilderness and live for several months and uh, the counselors that are part of the wilderness program teach lessons to folks while they're in wilderness therapy. Um, I would actually caution you and look into that more if you're considering it. Um, there's been stories of Places, several places that are actually um, not places that you would want to go for treatment uh, because of the the lack of therapeutic services that are available, that kind of thing. But look into that more. Same with residential treatment. Some of them are better than others. So 
Treatment is another option. You can do intensive outpatient, which is usually three to five days a week, and you go for, let's say, three hours a day when you go, and they teach you about addiction and substance abuse and recovery and ways that you can stay sober. They teach you skills, but it's it's more than... It's, it's, it's more than just weekly psychotherapy, right? You're getting a lot more intensive. That's why it's called intensive outpatient therapy or treatment. Um, it's more intensive, but some people need that, that kind of accountability and they need to go somewhere for at least a few hours, several times a week in order to learn new skills. And that's what they need. Some people need IOP after treatment. Some people may need to live in a halfway house or sober living situation where they live with other people that are in recovery. Or sometimes people don't have the resources for any of that. They don't even have the resources to go to uh, detox, even though there are a lot of places, community detox centers, um, for that reason, they want it to be accessible to as many people as possible. So I would look into that if you feel like you need um, medical supervision for your detox, if you have access to that. If you don't, then one thing that you can do is taper off of the alcohol or the other drugs, start tapering off slowly but not too quickly. If you go into withdrawal too quickly, you can have what's known as delirium tremens. You can hallucinate, you can shake, you can have uh, seizures, you can have nightmares, you can have hallucinations. It's, and it, like I said, it can cause death. So you need to be really careful. If you're going off alcohol and you're drinking very heavily now, I would recommend going slowly over time and not going too fast so as to not send yourself into severe withdrawal symptoms. And I would say that that is also applicable to a lot of other drugs. But if you're not using very, very heavily, but you want to stop, then a lot of times people find that staying busy and staying accountable is really helpful to them. So if you have someone that's earned your trust, either a psychotherapist, a friend, a family member, or someone from a 12-step program that you can check in with each day and let them know how the, you're doing and are following the suggestions of people who have have been able to obtain and maintain sobriety, the suggestions that professionals and other people who, who have knowledge about getting, getting clean and sober and staying sober, if you're willing to, uh, to listen to those suggestions, then anyone can get clean and sober. Believe me, I've seen so many, so many miraculous stories of people turning their lives around completely and and them having a whole new lease on life because they got clean and sober. So try to have faith in yourself. But 
look into the types of things people do to prevent relapse. And one thing that I always recommend to people is something that is promoted by a lot of treatment programs and 12-step programs is the importance of changing people, places, and things when you get out of detox or treatment or if you're just doing it on your own at home, the importance to change people, places, and things early on, especially in your recovery. What does that mean? People that you used to use with, people who you used to get drugs and alcohol from, uh, anybody that you, any place like a bar or a restaurant or places that you used to use or drink in or, um, like I've talked about one of my other podcasts about the importance of emotional sobriety. It's not good to, to expose yourself to a lot of stress when you're newly sober either because you're still learning new coping skills because your coping skills for a long time were drugs and alcohol. Maybe that was the only thing that you had that gave you that feeling of like you could breathe, like you could relax. Maybe that was the only thing that gave you that feeling. So as a newly sober, clean and sober person, one of your tasks is going to be to learn new skills and new tools to help you deal with your emotions. And sometimes that means you've got to change jobs because your old job was too stressful to deal with right now. Sometimes that means you've got to change your friend group. You've got to ha- you've got to stop hanging out with the people that you drank and used drugs with. You need to s- distance yourself because that might be a trigger that would be really hard for you to to cope with. You have to do whatever is necessary to maintain your sobriety. You have to put your health, your well-being, your recovery first above everything else. And if that means going to psychotherapy, if it means going to 12-step meetings or other support groups for people that are similar to you that are doing the same things that you're doing, it is very important for you to have a support system especially early in recovery, because you're going through a lot of changes. First, your body is really still going to be getting used to not having drugs and alcohol for longer than you might be in the hospital for detox. Your body is healing. You did a lot of damage to your body from the years of alcohol and drug abuse, okay? So your body is going to be healing. So it's going to be really important for you to get rest. It may be necessary for you to go to a professional and get help with trauma. It's been estimated that 60% of people who have substance abuse issues have a history of trauma that could have been contributing to your substance abuse in some way. So it's important to work on those underlying issues that may have led to the substance abuse to begin with. 
So you may need to get professional help for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's the best thing that you can do for yourself to support your recovery is work through those old traumas. And some of the, some of the treatments for trauma that I've discussed before movement, desensitization and reprocessing, uh, and the hybrid of EMDR, which is known as accelerated resolution therapy. Both of those methods tend to work pretty quickly. Most people experience a lot of relief after one to three sessions of EMDR or ART, accelerated resolution therapy. A lot of people experience a lot of relief after just one to three sessions. So look into psychotherapists or other mental health professionals that provide EMDR. Another method that is relatively new is known as stellate ganglion block, and it's a 10-minute medical procedure where you go into the neck and the um, physician inserts a nerve block and people who have even been in combat will report leaving that procedure and feeling cured and feeling like they don't have debilitating symptoms of PTSD anymore. Same thing with EMDR, same thing with ART. So I want you to know there's a lot of hope for people that have trauma. And it's so important to seek out the help that you need when you get sober. If there's underlying mental illness, underlying trauma, depression, anxiety, a lot of times there is. So I would seek out help to see if maybe you need psychotherapy to find out you might need psychotropic medication or psychiatric medication to help if you have debilitating anxiety or depression because you could have been using drugs and alcohol to self-medicate. So those are other things that you can do to prevent relapse. But the most important thing is that you put your health and your well-being, your recovery, your staying clean and sober, you have to put that first in your life. And taking care of yourself to not allow yourself to become too disturbed, to try to maintain a healthy, regulated mood state, to change people, places, and things so that you're not so easily triggered because you're going to be on pretty, you're going to feel pretty unsteady for the first, I would say, 90 days of your sobriety. I would not recommend going places where alcohol is served. If you're an alcoholic, I would really... um, Take at least 90 days to work on yourself each day, whether you're going to meetings or whether you're going to psychotherapy or you're doing other things to help support your recovery each day and strengthen yourself before you put yourself in situations where drugs and alcohol are available. And even after 90 days, you may still not be Um, ready for that you know it may still be too triggering for you for most people over time 
it's not an issue anymore. Those triggers, those old triggers, seeing alcohol or seeing drugs may not have the same effect on you. As, it, as a matter of fact, it probably won't after, after enough time or the elixir of time, as I call it. But early on, you're going to feel like a cat in a room of rocking chairs. You're going to feel nervous. You're going to feel impulsive. You're going to be afraid that you're going to just use the drugs and alcohol without even thinking about it. And you're going to be back at square one. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to relapse. Do we expect that some people are going to have slips and relapses? Yes. That is part of healing and recovery for a lot of people. It's not always a linear process where you get clean and sober and you never turn back. That's the way it is for many people, but for some people, they, ha they have to recycle through those stages of change that I talked about in other videos. Some people need more experience, as they say, in 12-step programs before they can really hit rock bottom, so to speak. I want you to know that that is something that is also a myth, is that you have to hit rock bottom before you stop using drugs and alcohol. You don't have to start losing things. You don't have to start having a lot of really negative consequences for you to decide that your substance use isn't going anywhere good and you need to curb it, which for most people means that you have to stop because let's say that you have alcoholism or addiction that runs in your family. You may not physically really have the capacity to use in a controlled way and just have one or two drinks. You may not be able to sustain that. Some people can, but a lot of people die trying to find a way to control it. So you may be one of the people who can't use in a controlled way. You have to abstain completely and that's okay because that's what some people have to do. That's what I had to do and that's what million, billions of other people have had to do before you. So that's a possibility. But take it very seriously and in terms of changing people, places, and things, I read early in my own recovery, someone suggested leaving an outgoing voicemail message that said, I'm making some changes in my life. If you don't get a call back, you're one of those changes. Because this person felt like they needed to change everything in their life. They had to get rid of all their drinking buddies because that's what they were. They were drinking buddies. They weren't actual friends. They were just people that drank with this person. They weren't real, true, authentic friends. They just appeared to be real friends because as soon as that person got sober, those people either tried to entice them to use substances again or they just lost interest in hanging out because they didn't want to hang out with people that was sober, which is fine because it's important for you to not hang out with those people too. Okay. So if you need to do something drastic like that, do it, but it's okay. You'll make new friends. Your old friends will still be there when you're ready. If you're ready to go back and reconnect with them, they'll still be there. Your real friends will understand that you need space. 
and that it may take time for you to feel comfortable being around them again. Chances are eventually you will feel comfortable, but until then it's really important to protect and control your environment so that you don't give in to the impulse to compulsively use the drugs and alcohol. You need to gain new coping skills. Maybe you need to work through your previous trauma. Maybe you've got other medical things that you need to address. There are substances like um, there's a medication called naltrexone, which if you take it over time, it will reduce your cravings for drugs and alcohol um, or tobacco, things like that. Um, there's a drug called antabuse that can be used so that if you drink on it, you'll get sick, and that can also give you another layer of support. Uh, for people that are coming off opioids, some people have found it useful to use other uh, medications or other substances, whether that's Suboxone, if that helps you to get off of the opioids, you can stay on Suboxone and then get off of the Suboxone or Methadone or there's other, Naltrexone works for that as well, but you've got to be careful with that. So there are lots of things that can be done to help ensure your sobriety. So look into it. Seek out help from professionals if you need it. I would highly recommend that you do that for yourself to help strengthen your sobriety. And get surround yourself with social support, people that believe in you, people that are there cheering you on, that are helping to maybe lighten your load so that maybe you don't have to stress and worry about as much. Like, it's okay. Ask for help if you need help because I'm certain that the people in your life will appreciate the fact that you're doing everything that you can to stay clean and sober, okay? So ask for help when you need it. And be incredibly gentle with yourself. This is a difficult time in early sobriety. And if you're feeling all kinds of different ways, if you're feeling anxious or depressed or afraid, or if you are having a hard time sleeping or functioning, that would be a time that you would want to reach out for professional help, okay? And as I said, there's lots of different approaches to recovery out there. I've talked about several of them in this podcast, so you can check out some of my other episodes. But I want you to know that there is hope, and I believe in you, and lots of other people believe in you. You can do this. There's billions of people that have done it before you. You can do this, okay? You need help and support, and it's okay to ask for that, but definitely seek it out. It's really tough to do this alone, okay? Um, very few of us can do it alone. So reach out and get some support for yourself. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day.